Welcome everyone. Today is Friday, May 8, 2020. Uh, this is our second podcast in the series of Fresh on Off the Boat. And it's so new that I can't even get the name right. So it's called Fresh Off the Boat and it's directed to people, students I've worked with who are in a kind of a limbo, who are planning to go to college this year and are stuck, or even the ones who are graduating and I've known them. So 2020 is an odd year and we thought like, okay, you know, we should definitely lighten up the mood and talk to everyone and communicate. So it can't hurt. So today uh, we have two very dear students I've worked with in the past uh, volunteered to join me this morning. Uh, there's Malika Kapoor, who lives in Calcutta now, but went to Denison University in Ohio, and Anand Virmani, who went to Babson College in, uh, in Massachusetts, near Boston. So uh, the interesting thing about how this came about was a common interest in entrepreneurship. Malika recently announced a new venture. She, by the way, graduated in 2014, if I'm right. And um, Anand, no, 18. okay, 18, you went to college. In my books, you graduated in 2014. So Well, well, yeah, you're right. You graduated from Denison in 2018. But as a high school yeah. student, you graduated in 2014. And Anand, who's kind of a, almost a decade apart, and I've known him since 2004. So in my books, he graduated in 2005 and went to college and then graduated in 2009. Uh, so your journeys somehow overlap and there could be a deja vu for Anand and for me because, you know, given yeah. I'm a kind of a independent education counselor, it's very entrepreneurial. You have to dig a hole, you have to find families, you have to you know, service them, grow the business, uh, also deal with changing situations all the time. So I might pitch in a little bit about entrepreneurial journeys too. But this podcast is not just about entrepreneurial journeys. So over to you, Malika, first, I'm going to switch the order which we had discussed, but tell us more about uh, what a Denison education uh, was for you and how did you see that evolve from day one to maybe end of year one and then gradually uh, towards graduation? So it's a very broad question, but focus more on the initial experiences and what you thought about it. So for me, hi Arjun, thank you for firstly having me on this chat. I'm very excited to build new connections and then even reconnect. Um, but for me, jumping right in, Denison, I say it pretty often, were the best four years of my life. I think I got really lucky with the college choice and just having and like, you know, growing and building a family there. And educationally, I think it was everything I could have asked for. I was pretty clear going in that like, I think people generally tend to switch majors, but I knew broadly like what I'd be studying because I, I was clear of my interests from very early, like on in school as well. And um, I, I think I connected with a lot of Denison folks before I went there and it was just so welcoming. When, from the moment I stepped foot, they call it the college on the hill. I felt like I was just a part of that entire energy and like vibe. And I think the biggest thing it did for me was just broadening my horizons because I met so many different people from so many different parts of the world, especially like in my major, I was a communication and international studies double major. So for both those fields, it generally has people who have like a more broad outlook in life and a little bit more worldly so to speak so just like connecting with them understanding their cultures understanding like you know their journey and what brought them there and even eventually like being a part of so many different organizations on campus whether it was a Denison International Student Association or something like 
which I didn't think I would do, but like I joined the community of religious and spiritual life. And that is responsible for my interest today in like Vedanta philosophy and all sorts of things that even brought me closer to my roots sitting so many miles away. And I think like overall, like now that I'd like jogged down memory lane, like Denison was a very like holistic experience. Of course, it gave me like the academic like backing in terms of being able to have a reason for everything I do and finding meaning in things, but more so it like made me just a more like, a, a, like it made me a more complete and whole human and a world citizen. Great. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure there'd be something common there for you, Anand. Go ahead. Why don't you tell us about your Vapson experience, early days? I know it's ages ago, but <laughs> go for it. And maybe you can connect yeah, it with your graduation experience also, because how did, how did maybe Vapson help you choose the wine sure. industry major eventually that you did as your master's program? Well, well firstly, that, Malka, that's, uh, that answer was a little scary because, because I, I felt like my journey was a little more you know, haphazard. Um, I think I think somehow what you communicated felt like you know you you knew what you wanted you went for it you got it you're back um, whereas mine was more of not having any idea standing in the SAT line getting approached by someone who handed me a brochure about what Arjun was doing and saying oh okay there there could be other colleges to apply to um, it was it was really a very naive achievement a naive uh, approach uh, to to you know colleges and the whole admission process etc that I had. Uh, which was, you know, at that time driven by my parents. Uh, I, I guess it's, it is a bit of a generational gap. You know, at that time we didn't have, um, you know, access to too much information. I guess uh, not that the internet wasn't there, but you know, it was still almost like dial-up uh, situation. Uh, we used to hear funny, funny uh, sounds before we could get on online. Um, so yeah, so so in terms of getting to Babson, honestly, uh, Babson was the first. Uh, I, I think we did early. Um, you know, early decision on Babson and uh, did not know about such things. And, and Arjun helped me through that entire thing. I'd never heard of Babson before. Um, you know, so, and even to most of my friends at that time, now, now when I say Babson, people are like, oh, okay, I have, I have a couple of friends that went there, you know, we, you know, oh, it's the entrepreneurship school and everything. And, and at that point, didn't even know that they could teach entrepreneurship um, and wasn't really keen on it myself. Uh, no one in my uh, family had been an entrepreneur. Um, you know, in any in any sense uh, that I can remember, it was all like government jobs, etc. So going to an, to an entrepreneurial school was was a bit funny because I actually wanted to do finance, and the reason we ended up choosing um, Babson over over a couple of other choices was because they had a great investment banking uh, program as well. But I think of the four hundred kids that came to uh, that uh, that college that year. I think probably I was the only one who, who used that as the reason to go to Babson. Um, funny. Um, yeah, so, you know, I guess, grad, well, first year, Arjun, you asked, uh, first year was great. Um, it was completely something I had not prepared for, uh, but it was fantastic because, um, you know, first time kind of being away from home, um, you know, suddenly kind of, uh, you know, being thrown into this group work environment, which is, was not the thing in, in, in CBSE at least, um, you know, where CBSE was all about, here's a book, learn it, uh, take tuitions, um, and, and, you know, come back and give an exam. So falling into group work, um, for the first time, learning how to deal with people, learning how to, how to work alongside people was fantastic. Um, 
I remember one of actually the best classes that we had, uh, you know, and, and this was a business college, right? So pretty much everyone's learning business for the first year and a half or so. We also had to do liberal arts. Um, so one of the best ones that, that I remember having was uh, rhetoric, uh, where they would, were, well, they would stress upon public speaking. Um, and I was frightened as all hell about uh, public speaking. I don't know if Arjun remembers this. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, that's been something that's, uh, that's really helped me out a lot in life, you know, and, and you think rhetoric A, rhetoric B, you know, it's not really going to matter so much in your life, but, but, you know, those little things did add up and little things did matter. Um, and like, you know, what I said, I, you know, went in with the whole finance mindset that, okay, I'm going to, you know, be, be looking at doing, uh, you know, like investment banking or maybe stockbroking as, as I graduate. Year one pretty much laid rest of that um, because year one uh, in Babson meant, uh, you know, we all had to, there, there was a program called uh, FME or first year management experience at that point. Now they've renamed it to something else. Um, but basically it, it meant that we as, 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 you know, first year students had to go and pitch a business, start a business, run a business for a full year, uh, and then close it at the end of it and, and, you know, sell it off. Um, which was huge. Um, again, not something I had known about. If I had known about it, I would have definitely gone for it, but, but it was, it was a very, very, very good surprise. Um, it was a great learning experience because in my mind, I thought finance, all right. Um, for the company that, uh, that we started, uh, I, I handled all the finances. So, so I had the, the title of CFO, which made, makes you feel, you know, huge as a, as a, as a first year, uh, whatever person. But uh, while I enjoyed it, while I loved it, it gave me the realization that this was not what I wanted to be doing for the rest of my life. And it was a, it was a huge realization to have uh, pretty much in year one. Because now here I am in this college, which I went to for supposedly finance, uh, probably the wrong college for finance. Um, and now suddenly not wanting to do finance. Uh, so what else? And, and that's where... Uh, while I was kind of still looking out to see, okay, what, what else can I do? Uh, in second year, there was a substitute uh, professor actually who, who gave us a case study on uh, wine. Um, and, and that absolutely turned. So, and, and of course it helped that, uh, that the professor was super passionate. He had his own uh, family vineyards in Spain. So he was able to talk from experience, um, you know, got to, got, Speaking, and he was literally the first professor I I had the kind of uh, um, you know luck and or whatever you want to call it to kind of go and spend some out of uh, I think it was called it was uh, those visiting hours. So so took advantage of those visiting hours. It's been a while, um, and and went and sat with him, spoke to him about this, and spoke to him about how to make this uh, uh, newfound dream into a, a realization. And he advised us and wanted to go do a study abroad program and said, oh, we can do that. Um, and, and somehow ended up in New Zealand for six months, um, you know, working on a, a project uh, with, with uh, one of the professors at University of Auckland on the world wine industry. Um, so it was great. But having said that, um, and I know we're in, a, we're in a weird time right now, um, the, the last weird time that, that we faced was in 2008-2009, the recession, right? And that's when we graduated. So no one was getting jobs. Um, you know, Babson was one of those places that you know, pretty much everyone would get placed. 
but 2009 we graduate no one's offering jobs no one's uh, no one's got any we're like ah oh. uh, so so for anyone going to college maybe i don't understand but for anyone graduating out of college uh, yeah you know kind of get what uh, what you were going through um but yeah so so was lucky to find uh, a job at that point doing something i did not like which was consulting um but persevered and while i was looking for a job in the wine industry managed to get a job in the whiskey industry which again was a blessing in disguise because honestly i would have you know yeah i would not have enjoyed the wine industry in india at least uh, i think i think going into the spirits industry kind of absolutely changed it uh, it was close enough to what i had uh, you know what i envisioned and and you know at the end of the day um only about 3 years ago i was able to launch my own business which never you know while going into babson i'd never thought that i would ever be you know having my you know starting my own business at any point so so in one way or another babson really kind of steered me in a very unknown direction as far as i was concerned but but i'm all the happier for it that's great i think uh, um, it answered three or four questions i actually had lined up Uh, later on sorry <laughs> so that's a good i'll just i'll just be quiet now <laughs> no 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 definitely i think it also gives us a good uh, foundation for the rest of the talk because we can move we, we can move kind of fast forward and you know discuss things about the moment that we live in today and what everyone's trying to do to uh, you know be part of uh, this uh, particular uh, situation and i think it's very important as a message for students to hear from both of you as to how you make those decisions how you deal with uh, uh, situations which are beyond your control and i think the reference to the 2008 uh, financial crisis was interesting and uh, i'm sure many more such i hope not but you know people who are resilient will be able to deal with many situations which come their way so again switching gears and i'm i'm uh, focusing more on the work that you do currently now malika and also uh, see the connection with what you studied in college or maybe the mentors that you found anand answered it quite well where he said you know one professor led to his understanding of the wine and spirits industry and that led to a summer abroad etc but how about you uh, i know this new venture which you've just launched is very exciting initially i didn't know how to pronounce it but your website made it pretty clear it's ownism so it's something that uh, you take ownership of and we keep talking about that from like ages with our students the first email that goes out to a student is take ownership <laughs> and we are not going to be driving this car for you so and the whole idea is so it resonates so well with the life coaching mentoring and if you're in a leadership position like anand is uh, to help empower people you work with even empower your customers to get to know how to make the right decisions and live in the moment and be happy about yourself your surrounding the people you can support so tell us more how did this idea come out and was there an influence uh, which goes back to denison or your college experience So yeah so i mean i've always like i feel like as a person i've just been very very outgoing and like i've always loved bringing people together and and in college back then like i would host like i mean it sounds frivolous now but like i would host like all the parties it was always in my apartment so and i just like there was some thrill that i got out of just bringing people together and it was like not just like for meaningless activity i would like put in thought and like create like okay let's do like a conversation over wine and cheese or let's do like a cultural event like i was the in a leadership position at the international student association 
So I was responsible for like, you know, even just hosting like all these multicultural events. And then I was a fellow in my international studies major. So that meant like even doing a lot of outreach and connecting with alum, like getting people to talk and building connections. So I feel like that's something I always enjoyed. And then when I moved back and I graduated, I was trying to find a way like how I could do that, like just bring people together in real life and have like, like, you know, spend some meaningful time and still make something like, you know, a business out of it. I mean, for me, it's really too early to speak whether this will even like kick off or no, because it's literally so new, but I feel like it's something I'm passionate about. So ownism as a word, it just means like it's a word coined by man to like fill up this void in the English language for an emotion we all experience, but there's just no word for it. So it's basically that feeling of like, you know, like you said, like owning yourself, it's realizing that we're all confined to a single reality by virtue of being in one physical body. But there's just so many experiences out there that one can, like one is yet to get to in life. And so what Onism by Malika like aims to do is build these bridges. So as a digital platform, I hope to interview like a lot, like, you know, change makers and thought leaders and have like meaningful conversation. I know there are plenty of them happening right now, but I feel like there'll be like a different angle to it. Because people often talk about the industry and they talk about like, you know, okay, what's going to happen in this post-corona world on all these webinars. But there are very few platforms where they're sharing their story and like, like, you know, we're like sharing like what brought us to where we are right now. And I think like for the millennials, especially, like it's important to, the packaging is what matters. So if it's packaged in a way that's appealing and in a way that's interactive, like they're bound to listen and tune in. And right now I feel like there are platforms doing it. And there are influences, but there there's still like a void of like meaningful conversation. That's like what's happening digitally. But then on the physical offline service world, like that's something that I hope can kick off the moment this coronavirus ends. But it's basically creating different experiences. So you know, I mean, the I think the days of like spending your money on like tangible materialistic things are going to be soon behind us, and the consumers going to get really smart and sensitive as to where they you know, invest their spare earnings in terms of like, especially with the recession that's to follow. And I think people are soon going to realize the value of an experience over a commodity. And I think that's already happening with my generation where people rather go on a holiday with their friends or, and family as opposed to like spending on even a home and a car, which were considered to be traditional purchases. Like there is the shared economy with like Uber and, you know, Ola and stuff. Like the millennials are changing the way they think. So I think there's going to be an increase in them seeking these experiences and being in Calcutta, which is a city of like art, culture and so much history. There are so many different like ways in which this can like be, you know, catered to like the younger age groups because we're in the city where there's so much to offer recreationally, but yet people find themselves at the closest pub or at the or like, you know, just like doing like mindless, like they just, I'm chilling, but they're chilling, doing nothing really. So like, it's kind of like, catering to that need as well to like have something more authentic and a close to cultural experience by curating different like whether it's a you know an art gallery with a you know a live art exhibit or whether it's um just like a dining in the dark experience and all those kinds of things um but yeah like i think like where my college days brought me to this day right now is is from you know just the idea of like bringing people together and like having like you know, enjoying and taking pleasure and thrill in that. And I feel like this way I can do it for larger groups and for people who I don't know and still like, you know, achieve the same pleasure. Great. You know, I think it's kind of sums it up. Like 
the wholesome life that we all yearn to lead, the relationships and the meaningful sort of connections that we want to keep and, and maintain. Uh, these are some of the uh, things which are extremely important for mindfulness and having that social glue, uh, whether it's online or offline is critical. Uh, so the authentic experiences, and I think Anand, I think segue into what your uh, company does, Now Spirits, is, I don't know if I pronounced it correct, if there's some interesting way to do it, but now is fine. N-A-O, Spirits, and uh, the two very amazing uh, launches of uh, Hapsa and uh, Greater Than Jin. Uh, these are artisanal. So again, it's sort of uh, bespoke, artisanal, very millennial <laughs> sort of, uh, you know, vibe to the whole thing. And that's common thing between both of you. And I'm sure, uh, uh, Malika, you probably have one or two questions regarding this as well. So if you want to s jump into it and yeah, ask actually, your question. Anand, I have both your gins at my house. I got them for the call. <laughs> well amazing. done. Wow. And I'm sitting in Calcutta. It's not even available here. Can you show but it to me? My dad. dad. Yeah, can you show Greater it? Greater than is available. Yeah. I really need to see it. Also got this. Okay, great. So that I'm the only one who doesn't. Probably I'll just yeah. my Aladdin Kachira. <laughs> I'll be the one who will be drinking off it. Like, okay. So yeah, it, it helps. <laughs> so thanks, guys. Cheers. Um, it's early morning here, uh, but uh, well, yeah. It's early morning everywhere. We're, we're all in the same time zone. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so fine, you never know. You know, you start early drinking too much, too much, and this is what happens. But anyway, so it's great. Uh, yeah, so switching to the question, Anand, like, what is this whole millennial marketing to you all about? And your gin is like Malika is a consumer, and you have it right there. You didn't know, and it's just it's crazy that she has it. <laughs> So tell me more. Yeah, that's awesome, Malika. Thank, thanks, man. thanks for having that. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, and but greater than is now available in Calcutta, so, so you can find it there. I don't know if the whole lockdown situation and all is allowing. So these my dad actually got from Goa, and he's got them before from Delhi as well, because my family's been in the liquor business for like three generations. So what? So he, <laughs> yeah. So, so you're the one like you know stepping away from it, saying, ah, let me do something else. Well, well she's trying to make it, she's making people drink in an yeah. interesting environment. Uh, yeah. Okay, you're yeah. creating it's the environment. Like the, creating the experience, the gin experience, like DIY gin with your girlfriends. And like, bring, I'm going to still like, you know, carry on that thing, mm. but just in a different way. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. No, my, my family had nothing to do with the alcohol. Well, alcohol probably has nothing to do with it, but, uh, but, but not in the business of it at least. Um, so, so when I got in, it was, it was a bit of a... Uh, a shock to them to say what you want to, you know what you want to be marketing uh, alcohol or selling alcohol or you know what's going on um, but I think uh, Arjun to your question which was uh, sorry I've, I've forgotten it now. yeah so it's basically like you know this whole marketing to a millennial generation marketing to a millennial generation it's it's not something that uh, that we thought we'd be doing honestly it was something uh, you know when we came up with with the with the concept that listen we want to do this um he was fairly selfish as well because we're like listen we don't get to drink good gin uh, and, and honestly i couldn't afford uh, you know buying buying gordons or tanqueray or i mean tanqueray probably was strong tanqueray was one that i liked um and there's nothing really interesting uh in, in the gin market um you know and, and like i said you know i, I just fell into spirits right uh, 2009 uh, 2010 was when i got the job um one of the 
while it was a whiskey company, one of the uh, brands in their portfolio was Hendrix. Uh, now Hendrix is super popular right now, but but at that point, you know, just the category no one wanted to touch. Um, you know, it was one of those things that uh, you know we would invite people for a Hendrix event, and people would say, uh, you know, can I get a glass of wine instead, or can I get a, you know, can I can I can I come and get a whiskey or a beer? And we're like, nah, but you know, we invited you for a gin event. You know, I've tried the gin. Like, no, 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 gin is for, you know, older people. It's for women. It's for, you know, you know all sorts of weird myths around it. And we're like, you know, okay, clearly India is not ready for it. Um, fast forward to 2015 where, uh, you know, we, we just started a, a wine, coffee and cocktail bar uh, in Delhi. And, um, you know, people were coming in asking us for Hendrix with tonic and slices of cucumber and Tanqueray tens with not just regular Tanqueray, but Tanqueray tens with with grapefruit. And we're like, what's happened? You know, clearly. Uh, and and this was it was great, right? Because after having worked at uh, you know on desk jobs and, and marketing and and you know like company roles, uh, you know, coming down and, and starting uh, a bar itself was great because it gave you like the real exposure to to you know customer feedback and you know you're speaking to customers every single day and they walk in you say you know listen here's a menu what can i get for you um the kind of insight you're able to build through through those kind of things is, is incredible um, um and and yeah i mean looking back most of them were probably millennials uh you know millennials i, I, I don't know if i fall into that category anymore i'm not sure um but yeah, so you know, so being there, hearing them out, uh, and 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 kind of being surprised by the fact that the people who were asking for gin again was really um, what what kicked it off. And and I think in terms of how we've targeted uh, how we've targeted uh, uh, millennials is just by making a product which we thought millennials would would like. Uh, not because we love millennials and you know we're like oh we want to please them or anything, but it's just uh, again, it was part selfish. Like I said, you know, we we wanted gin ourselves, and and it so happened that millennials as a whole also wanted a gin. Um, and and yeah, I, I think I think in general, millennials kind of help you with the marketing, uh, or or even Gen Z. I don't know. There's this whole you know, there's millennials now. There's Gen Z. I think they help you with the marketing because uh, word of mouth is, is something which you know we we've thrown around uh, in in our marketing classes. Etc. Um, obviously, a long, long, long time before, but but you know, it, it's it's word of mouth at the next level where they get super involved with the with the brand and they will kind of advocate, uh, you know, the brand, um, you know, because they they've read so much about it, they've reached out to you. So many people reach out to us saying, listen, you know, what size pot still do you use, and and you know, what where do you get your juniper from? So these are regular, regular customers, regular consumers. You know, almost initially when I started getting these these questions, I was like, "Oh, wait, there's someone else who's going to go out and make their own gin," which is why they're asking me. No, they're regular customers wanting to get into it, wanting to be geeky about it, because they want to talk about it. They want to be able to go out and and speak about the gin that they have it, rather than just say, "Oh, you know, I'm having you know X Y Z gin," uh, or or beer or whatever else. They just want to know about it. They want to know everything about it, and 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 almost justify to themselves why they should be drinking this, why they should be consuming this. So in that sense, uh, the new age uh, consumer uh, cares a lot more about what they put into their body. Um, you know, we all started drinking Old Monk and, and you know, uh, Blue Ribbon and, and all that stuff. 
um, but but I, I feel at least, uh, you know, there's less and less of that happening and, and people are more passionate about uh, what they're drinking. And, and as a result, actually, um, what we've seen, at least in, in, in the younger generation, uh, is that, uh, you know, people are drinking less, but they're drinking better. You know, so it's it's not so much about uh, copious amounts of alcohol, uh, though Malika would, would just come out of college, so I don't know if I can say the same thing about about that. Um, again, no judgments. I, I have no idea how, how Denise is at uh, uh, colleges. Uh, having said that, Babson was not a party college at all. Uh, so we only probably American by references. Um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, one of the things we found is definitely that people are drinking less, especially the younger audience. Uh, but uh, drinking better and and that's why we ended up calling it greater that right it's about drinking greater not not in terms of volume but in terms of quality um so it's about caring about what you know what kind of gin you have what kind of ice you have what kind of tonic you have what kind of uh glassware you have um and and then you know kind of putting a little bit about uh, you know yourself also in there as well that's great actually uh, you know i think malika you can um, um actually ask questions to Anand because it's sort of, I see the connection that you want to curate experiences and the customer, the millennial and Gen Z customer is also like Anand used the right word, geeky, wants you kind of also get into it, dig into things that's, uh, that they're spending on or buying or consuming. Uh, so what is Onism going to help with uh, to make those informed choices through those experiences that you're thinking of curating? Yeah, and, and actually, Malika, I'd, I'd like to ask, ask that as well is, you know, what, what do you think, uh, you know, how are you reaching out to people? How do you think, uh, and, and, you know, what's, what's an effective way that you found, um, you know, to be able to reach out and market, uh, you know, your service as well? So, you know, you said it like really well that the millennials and the Gen Z as well, like the, they're very, very curious and they just want to know the answers. And I think Onism as a brand, like if the word means also, it stems from like this desire to know and experience. And I think the target audience is also the same, like they have that same curiosity. It's completely inherent. And I think um, in terms of like just building a brand and the main thing is to gain the trust of that generation and my generation, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a millennial. Because I feel like it, a millennial is also a very flickering consumer because today something can be like great and like, you know, everyone's talking about it, but tomorrow it takes just one slip up for it to like, you know, for them to move on to the next. So I think a lot of it just means like staying relevant and catering, like curating experiences that they want. So just because like, so for example, right now, like I think one of the things on my introduction also, it says like services like curating intimate personal events and like powerful social experiences. And the example is DIY gin. So it's ironic that, you know, like we're talking because I think right now, like gin is the flavor of the season. So why not like have that as like a pivoting point where people come around like a glass of gin, but also like go beyond that. Like, you know, it's, I think my generation is not one for binge drinking and just like, you know, going out to like the same pub every weekend. They want to do new things. But the center of it all, like the weekend leisurely activity also means unwinding with a glass of wine or a glass of gin. So like if that activity is going to happen, why not make an experience around it? Because I think especially now more than ever, like with the hospitality industry being so hit, like there are going to be people who 
will resort to like say stay at home drinking with their friends in a couple of months and then they'll run out of board games so that's where like i come in like where owners and website will have a number of services you can purchase in terms of okay what is like a fun thing to do with my friends today so like you know whether it's like creating an entire start to finish like evening in room theme like i have like fnb partners so they'll go in to their place and like these homestay chefs and different uh, you know like so there's this for example one of the events that i'm going to be launching soon is a tie up with these two italian chefs in tuscany who will be doing like a web thing with someone sitting at home so they will be sharing their grandma's recipe from their kitchen to a person to a group of friends sitting in india at their kitchen and they make the same food simultaneously build connections and they also understand the history of the food the culture of the food why it's being made the way it's being made why olive oil is the medium and not something else so they really get into the integrity of it all because i think it takes just like putting it's like almost like putting a bone out for the dog you just have to put it there and the, if you grab their attention that's like you know they're hooked they're going to want to know more and more and more it's human nature but i feel like the basic point is just giving them an introduction to getting the chance to know more because even even now like in all oriental restaurants like oriental cuisine is booming today like in a way it never was and if you go there people like i think most many cards like they will this is the authentic way to eat it people are seeking it more people can use chopsticks today than they did like 10 years ago i think everyone wants to do that true to culture experience but there are very few people actually curating like an absolutely authentic true to culture experience so there's you know so i feel like i want to like tap into that curious nature of the millennial and like offer them things that will help them grow which are, which are meaningful which also bring people together and which make us feel like the world is a smaller and happier place super do you have a question for anand too or two questions for him yeah so actually i had thought like you know we'd start with like a quick like icebreaker type thing with anand so like we know like his favorite spirit but like you know what's your spirit animal oh god um <laughs> eagle i don't know if it qualifies as a as a as an animal it's a bird right sorry what did you say i didn't get that oh uh, i said the eagle yeah it qualifies eagle. as an animal oh, nice. for sure and <laughs> you got to go back to kindergarten <laughs> how old I, i am i am i am i've got my two year old son who i'm uh, right who i'm now going through all the animals with now okay ordinary <laughs> animals with right? super yeah and like a place you'd want to visit the moment this corona pandemic is done right Honestly I was supposed to go uh, well two two places I guess so I was supposed to have moved to Goa by now um but then had to fly back because everything was going into lockdown so it was you know, one of those moments um yeah. so Goa um, but uh, but also I was supposed to have been uh, this month uh, going back to college uh, well going back to the US uh, I haven't been since 2011 um so I I promised we 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 all planned to meet up and uh, you know uh i i had i had backed out last time as well in in september last year because i couldn't get my visa in time and and yeah so so that's that's on the agenda so malika you have a reunion for babson you could curate something yeah. on onism <laughs> and get yeah. friends from babson together yeah. Yeah. i was i was actually supposed to be leaving this morning for my sister her she's graduating in a in a week's time so i was supposed to be going today to meet my friends before and then attending her graduation but you know life as we know it <laughs> but uh yeah so and like you know onism and i feel like 
gin drinkers as well like community so like what does this community mean to you and how do you think like your products have i guess helped like build a stronger community of gin lovers and what do you do to keep them engaged and like make sure that their gin drinking experience is you know what you would want, want it the closest to what you would want it to be um okay so so what have we done to to build community and what does community mean to you correct or some something else to that question as well or or, okay. or is that yeah okay um yeah like what yeah. does community mean to you things you've done to like you know build this community because you know there are a lot of people who swear by your product now like in my generation at least and like they'll you know like it's a byob they're bringing this bottle of gin over say a tankery or a you know any other product so like why like you know how, how did you how do you feel you built this like journey and like built in through your journey built this community which is so invested i think i, I think it's impossible um, and and there's a lot of people who who claim to have built a community and everything and and, and honestly as a product or as a service or in general in in most cases it's impossible to actually um, deliberately build a community i think a community gets built and uh, depending you know and basis on what you end up doing right and, and and a lot of that has to do with doing the right things uh, you know just just being true to to true to what you believe in and and hopefully people you know kind of vibe with that um so so what we believed in was the fact that you know we wanted to get it right we wanted to invest in a copper pot still you know it was expensive it was way beyond what we could have done ourselves uh but we still wanted to do that uh, we wanted to create an authentic experience without having to think about creating an authentic experience right and and you know creating it for the sake of creating an authentic experience uh we wanted it to be something that uh you know that we could live with uh you know so so no shortcuts no none of that and that's why we're generally happy having um you know people ask us these questions and and you know we you know we have a number of people who come in visit the distillery as well and uh it's it's this tiny little corner of a fairly huge industrial uh, complex right and then we're like we're hidden behind everything in a little room of our own um you know so so it's it's a journey that we like talking about it's a journey we like uh, sharing about and and that's where really i think uh, the community takes seat um you know i i don't think we did justice and i i still don't think we're doing justice to even our social media presence for example right uh, you know i'm i'm not inherently a social media guy if you see my own profile it's you know i think the last picture was like a year ago or something like that um so inherently i love living under a rock um but obviously as a brand we try not to do that and you know we we try and and, and be um a little bit out there and 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 accessible at least and and love answering questions rather than you know kind of say oh look look at that look at this look at what we're doing and everything um yeah so so we're doing a couple of things where you know uh, even even at this time for example where uh, you know we're hosting a couple of zoom sessions where where we're uh, talking to people about what they can do at home uh, in terms of you know with their bottle of gin right so so it's about on that zoom call saying listen Here's a list. Keep these things ready. We'll make cocktails together, right? And and potentially that's that's you know goes to this entire thing of creating experiences, um, you know, getting getting people to talk about what they have at home, you know. So if they have a particular kind of coffee lying at home, okay, what what cocktail can we make with that? 
Um, and again, all of that comes from, I guess, just little bits and pieces of what we've picked up uh, by being part of the community ourselves. Right. So, so before we can start the community, we, we have, we've had to be part of the community itself. So, you know, being, um, you know, even while I was working with William Grants, I, I would spend uh, three days a week uh, just on, on my own accord, right? Without having anyone having to give me this as homework for three days a week, I would spend uh, behind the bar at, uh, at PCO, right? Which is a, which is a bar in, in Delhi, just learning how to bartend, right? Learning basics, learning the importance of ice, learning the importance of um, lime, you know, freshly squeezed lime, um, fairly underrated things, but, you know, because I, f- I felt that I wasn't necessarily part while, while I was part of the business, um, you know, selling and marketing uh, whiskey and gin and all these other things, uh, I wasn't necessarily part of the community until then. Because I, and, and it's an essential to be a part of that community to understand the pain points, uh, to understand uh, the opportunities as well, um, and, and and to kind of build on your own on your own self as well, and and feel legitimate. Um, you know, you can't go out and market and and talk to bartenders without knowing anything about bartenders themselves. Um, you know, being at Perch, uh, you know, I was I was able to be part of the community from the service point of view. So being there two years uh, for two years on the floor talking to people, but also at the same time talking to the servers, talking to the chefs, um, you know, and understanding uh, the, that uh, process flow uh, that happens, uh, you know, at the, at the floor of any restaurant or bar uh, was super important, um, you know, and, and gave me perspective on what I can or cannot talk to, to bartenders about, what I can cannot talk to servers about. And, you know, it's just, they also see through that very easily, right? If you're coming in, trying to talk to people without having that uh, knowledge, they're going to see through that very easily. So, so I guess building a community comes from being part of the community. first. Yeah, I think that's like very, very well said. Like, and, and that's the way it can also be most authentic, right? Because if you feel it and you embody it, that's how it will show through when you're trying to build it. Um, we haven't done anything extra we- special after that. We- you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else we've done. Really, I think it's it's a community that's getting built, and it's it's gotten built. Uh, you know, by itself. I, you know, Malika, we've we've never spoken, um, but but you you obviously have the two bottles there already with you. So so you are part of the community, right? But uh, but there is obviously some, and I'd, I'd love to hear actually how you got to know about it. But but obviously you, you there's some source of information that uh, that's gotten fed to you. Um, yeah. You know, and and you felt like okay, this is a, this is probably a community I could belong to, and you know, let's let's go pick up the gins, right? You you mm-hmm. more likely to belong to the community even before you make that first purchase. Yeah. In fact, like fun fact, like I was interning with uh, a social media company like a couple of years ago uh, when I was still in college, summer internship, and one of the projects we had to do was understanding the gin market in India for one of the brands they were working with at the time. So I literally had to like, you know, understand like, so we came up with like this whole campaign on the, if the queen can drink her G&T at tea time, why can't you? And like things like that. So like the whole myth of like, you know, that the queen's teacup actually has gin in it and not something else. So yeah, like I feel like I was introduced to that world back then when I was like doing this intern- internship. And then these two bottles, actually my dad was the one who sourced them. Because he was very, very curious. He was like, you know, there's this. He was like, oh, there's some young Delhi boy who's like launched two gins. 
and my grandparents are going to go please pick up those gins i want to see them sample them understand what's going on because he's been in the business right for so long so for him it's almost like you know important to know what's happening out there in the whole like spirits world he's also a malt connoisseur not a gin drinker so much but he's a part of like several like wine clubs and malt clubs and stuff so it's always like a topic of conversation at home so i feel like i was already like in the know who about it really because of that he's well, he's, he's not even uh, gen z or millennial and uh, and there he is part no, of the dog like <laughs> well in his 50s it's just a mindset yeah. <laughs> okay great i think <laughs> switching gears i think we're also running out of time and uh, tying it back to uh, some of our students and uh, who are keen to follow entrepreneurial journeys so a uh, question to both what do you think is an entrepreneurial mindset that you are developing in your case malika with your experiences working in two startups or even working in uh, in an agency uh, before that and anand also reflecting on the entrepreneurial mindset is what made you really tick and what would be the two or three incidents or events or resources or mentors you would look back and reflect on that helped you sort of take ownership of your entrepreneurial journey sure but uh, I'll, i'll let malika answer that first um so for me i feel like as your podcast is named arjun i'm literally fresh off the boat it's been only 2 years in the professional world so and even that like i was with this startup called open house arjun knows that um it's an education startup it's in fact set to do great things it's vc backed it's backed by axel and sequoia both and they raised a lot of money and funding and i was a part of that team when it was just a four person team and i saw it grow to like 100 plus so that was my only introduction to like the real world so to speak and i was their marketing and branding manager then so i like I, and i because i like you know started off as a, as a four person team member like i was juggling many hats like whether it was talking to consumers or just like building the brand from scratch for them including their instagram presence and their facebook presence and because it's an after school learning um startup like the education is for after school learning it was also you know doing a lot of like targeting to like gen z and the young moms who are also millennials because they're under the age of 35 So I feel like that kind of like gave me some sense of like the do's and don'ts of how to like pitch yourself. And then as far as ownership is concerned, I think I just took the bit plunge because I knew like the times are gonna like only get worse from here. But in terms of like this pandemic, and it's gonna take a while to settle. So I was like, either I can just wait around, or I can like you know start building a digital presence, which is so important today. And like you know just like build my connections, like I'm doing here right now as well. and then once the world is healed and healthy i'm sure there'll be a market for this because i think um a soulful and meaningful living is something that's more as important as just like you know having the economy back on track and that is something that people are going to turn to whether or whether they have now they have the time and the luxury of like not working and just actually staying at home or whether it's like you know the next start of society which they will turn to as well in terms of um entertainment in a couple of months but it's something that's needed for a happy existence so why not make it cultural and meaningful go ahead anand go ahead um there's there's a couple of answers i guess to that um i think uh, i think the first one is uh, in terms of source of the entrepreneurial journey uh, i i guess you know one can look back and say yes of course it 
uh, started at Babson considering, you know, it's, it's an entrepreneurship school, right? And, and they are number one in, in what they do. Having said that, I spent most of my time at Babson kind of trying to run away from it. Um, I was trying to do everything other than entrepreneurship because that's what everyone around around uh, uh, me at college was doing, right? Everyone either had come in with this business background, uh, family business background kind of a thing, um, or, you know, kind of was doing entrepreneurship classes and everything, and, and I made a not to kind of uh, go down that path. Um, you know, and, you know, just do something else. Uh, and, and part of that was, you know, by luck or chance or whatever, discovering that uh, that something else was going to be wine related or, or spirits related. I guess wine related. The wine was the, or the product that I kind of fell in love with at that point. Uh, and the way I found to approach it at that point was marketing, right? So I took a lot of brand building classes uh, and, and made marketing my, my major. Uh, along with economics as well. Um, definitely found uh, lots of sources of inspiration there. And, and in particular, obviously, um, uh, Professor Rivera, who was uh, who was that person I was referring to, who kind of uh, took us down that journey on, a, um, you know, on, on, on this uh, a case study with wine. Uh, old world versus new world wine. Uh, but having said that, uh, you know, and, and like I said, I was running away from entrepreneurship. I, I never, even while graduating, I never thought I would actually uh, kind of uh, start a venture of my own. Uh, the idea was, yeah, oh, well, this has been great. You know, let's let's put the entrepreneurial spirit into getting a job, uh, which was, of course, impossible in 2009. Um, I think making sure that you follow through on, on what you, um, uh, and, and without sounding preachy, again, this is just what I did. Um, you know, just made sure that if I was interested in wine, I would try and get as close to wine as possible. Um, so, so while I was, you know, working a job, which I didn't like in Deloitte, uh, consulting was going out and speaking to everyone I could apply to 170 odd uh, wineries in New Zealand to try and get a job, got nothing out of that. Um, but still trying to pursue this whole, you know, uh, this whole uh, opportunity, trying trying to find that opportunity in the wine world or the, or the spirits world, brought me um, you know nine months down the road uh, to to a job in, in the whiskey business, right? Um, but again, that was just me getting integrated into uh, you know into the into the industry and becoming part of the community as we were talking to Malika about. But I guess there is a little bit of a push that needs to come from it from within or from outside. And, and that push happened to come from outside, uh, as far as I was concerned, where, uh, I don't know if you remember, I'd done, I'd done a master's uh, in, in Dijon um, on, on wine business, right? Because I said, oh, enough, enough for the whiskey uh, stuff. I'm going to go off and, and continue following my, my wine passion. And so I did a master's in wine business in, in Burgundy, uh, heart of, uh, you know, wine as far as, uh, as, far as France is concerned. Um, Came back um, and again ended up getting a job in the spirits uh, business uh, and, well, with, with a company called Remy Contro. And honestly, it was great. I was loving it. Um, you know, there was a champagne in that portfolio. So I was like, oh, great. This is, you know, you know, this is exactly where I wanted to be working in a, in a spirits company, also handling a wine brand. Um, a year after I joined, uh, and nothing to do with me, uh, you know, I'll give that disclaimer. Year after that I joined, uh, the company goes bust. Uh, well, at least in India, they, they pulled out uh, of, of their India presence. Uh, 
So again, that's that external push, right? Is to say, okay, you know, you were comfortable in what you were doing. Sorry, you know, out the door, um, and and then kind of landing on your on your backside and wondering, okay, now what? Uh, which is where you know I was I was able to initiate that conversation or or be part of that conversation with Webhub uh, to start up Perch, um, and and at Perch, then we you know then then we came up with that idea uh, to make a gin. Um, so yeah, uh, that entrepreneurial uh, bug while it kind of you know latched on um, while while at Babson, you know, was uh, was in an incubation period. Sorry, I'm using coronavirus terms now. Right. Uh, was was in its uh, you know was was asymptomatic uh, till till I got uh, knocked out of uh, uh, you know Remy, uh, which which I'm very thankful for now. Uh, so I will go back and thank them. I, I know I cursed them a lot at that point. But I guess I have to go back and thank them at some point. Awesome. I think uh, it's it's definitely uh, a positive message for all students who are graduating this year who might be thinking of the bad job market or non-existing job market, sadly. Uh, and also, there are so many uh, examples of startups which came out of the great financial crisis 2008-9. Uh, there's always uh, a silver lining and... Uh, the objective of this connection or this meeting is also to build a community. And if students who are listening can also uh, feel free to message, email all of us. So if you're okay, I'll share your contact yeah. details with students who are yeah, for sure. entrepreneurship. I'm sure they won't flood you with jobs and resumes <laughs> requests. So it'll be a kind of a controlled group, but yeah, it's uh, fantastic. So anyways, uh, we sum up now and one uh, few mm -hmm. just uh, rapid fire questions. Uh, mm, what do you think the people you know in three words describe your strengths as? Like three words. <laughs> Anand, you first and then Mavita. My strengths as? Uh, yeah. Good liver, <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> used one at this point. Um, I don't know, I guess... I guess uh, generally supportive um, and and kind of you know passionate about what I'm doing and, and just thinking out of the box so taking that passion and thinking out of the box yeah great Malika what about your three words I think a conversationalist someone who's creative and compassionate okay super so and I just want to sum up with uh, asking one last question about advice you would give kids who are just graduating from college and also the ones who just graduated from high school. Uh, there's something there for them and uh, hearing some positive words from you both would be fantastic. Malika first, she's closer to that. <laughs> I mean, to me, I feel like I could still use the advice because I feel so closely like in that college age group. But um, yeah, I think like basically just I guess follow your heart because there's going to be people telling you like a lot of things and it sounds cliched but like there's just going to be so many opinions but I feel like the only one that really matters is your own because if you feel it in your gut like you should just go forth and even if it's something you do fails like then you'll just grow back and like do it again and then even if that fails just do it again and I'm sure like the third time at least it'll succeed so I think it's just like take the plunge follow your heart and even now like with like make the most of like where you are, build connections, people like it's the people that make a place, the people that make a community and the company. So like invest in like human connections and like just like 
you know, putting yourself out there as opposed to, there's a lot one can learn by just having a good conversation. So like while you're at college, like, of course, like go to the classes, don't sleep through them, but you rather invest in like building connections with the professors and the students and like invest in the community than only investing in the, in the grades because that's what's going to take you more far. I feel. Uh, can I take the easy route and just second what Malika said? <laughs> yeah, that, that could work too. But think, I'm sure there's there's more to it. Uh, so yeah, I think the only thing the only thing I'll, I'll add to that is I guess be resilient and and almost put your uh, blinders on. <laughs> uh, you know, don't worry about what the other person is doing uh, so much because and there's so much of that. Right? There's so much form of uh, you know in today's day and age because you're always worried about you know um, you know. One of the one of the things that brought me to reality was, you know, we were supposed to fill out a survey as, you know, I think six months after we left college, saying, "Oh, have you got a job?" And you know, yes, and, and that goes into you know, kind of the you know, college uh, statistics, um, and also how what's what's your salary? And you know, uh, even the lowest uh, category there was not what what was fitting. You know, it was just like this is crazy. You know, what, what am I doing back in India? Uh, you know, earning earning next to nothing and working in a job I don't like. Uh, so, so just put your blinders on. Don't worry about what what others are doing. Don't worry about how much they're making. Uh, don't worry about how good their life looks uh, right now. Um, just keep at it. Find that one thing that, uh, or you don't even have to have that one thing. You know, even if it is uh, a thing that you're not sure of, follow follow that path. See where it leads. Um, like I said, I, I worked a job for a year that I didn't like. I, I got into whiskey thinking I wanted to get into wine, um, you know, and, and ended up with gin somehow. Um, so, so it's a path that you will never be able to plan. You'll never be able to chart. Even now, knowing, knowing, um, you know, the stage that I'm at and, and the fact that I'm happy, if I was to go back and do it again, I couldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to because there's just so much chance, um, you know, involved as well, you know. I think the only thing you can do, the only thing, thing you can do to, to do justice to yourself is keep doing it. You know, keep doing uh, the right things that you think are the right things. They may not be, but keep doing the things that are the right things because honestly, that's that's the only thing we can do. That's the only thing we can manage. Yeah, I think what we can control is uh, uh, it, that's something we, we all need to focus on, especially at this time. So keep learning. Uh, the advice would be to you probably have so much more free time to sort of reflect and uh, also connect with people you probably have lost and lost touch with like th this podcast is an example of that as well it's uh, it's it's definitely a gift in some sense of, of course the air is clearing up the environment's a lot better people are really thinking about changing their consumer habits i hope uh, yeah. So yeah, the world could be a way better place. Uh, so hang in there, everyone. So thank you, uh, Malika. Thank you, Anand. Uh, we definitely want uh, our students to uh, know more about you. And uh, at some point, I'll reach out again and uh, invite you to another panel discussion, which will be a live meeting. Uh, so have a great weekend ahead and uh, look forward to staying in touch. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Arjun. Thank Good you. Good seeing you, Malika. Thank you.